We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now, more Gresham Fourier on WEEI. goals to win for Christ's sakes and you keep talking about the CBT you keep talking about prospects and your long-term goal like you just basically told us we ain't good enough we suck you let us down Angry Lou, Angry Lou. a hole the size of I don't even know what in that bullpen keep playing like dog recall by manager Lou go get me a goddamn first baseman that's what I want I don't want an outfielder D8 I need a first baseman okay Lou I'll ask you something what how do you go into the season without a closer? How do you not address the closer situation? Lou, what's up, dog? Good, how are you doing? Good. Well, it's always great to have you here, Lou. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the voice of baseball in Boston. Our guy, Lou Merloni, and he is brought to us by McFarland Energy, the heating, cooling, and bioheat delivery pros that Eastern Mass and all of Cape Cod depend on at McFarlandEnergy.com. By the E.L. Harvey companies, including Nosset Disposal and Mega Disposal, your local trash collection and recycling providers. And by Aviva Trattoria, Italian-inspired, local, made from fresh, whole, locally sourced ingredients. Lumaloni, good afternoon. It's Gresh and Hopalong. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay, boys. I'll say this: the uh, finally, like the stress, the confusion of this winter off season has got the best of me. A little bit under the weather, oh, but I'm here. No. I, uh, Gresh, I don't need you to pick me up and drive me around town like your partner there. That's I know, right? That's one thing Lou never did. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> Lou Coming is up North. Rhode Island. <laughs> no, Lou's the other way. Yeah, exactly. Lou, Lou really would have had to go out of his way to pick me up. He literally <laughs> passes my exit, and then he he doesn't mean stop. He like he makes me like kind of get my little scooter going, and then I just basically hop in the car like I was trying yeah. to jump on a train. Well, yeah. that's well, uh, and Lou, that's because uh, Kim pushed him out in about eight seconds. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. You're going to drive everywhere now for a couple of weeks. I know. Oh, it yeah. sucks. I tell you what, Lou. You couldn't do it to your left? No. Yeah. I mean, maybe probably in a couple of years. Okay. How about that? I'll yeah. promise you that. I don't want you to when get down. When he gets rear-ended again. Yeah, I don't, I don't want you to get down on the dumps, Lou. I want to pick you up. I want to, like, somehow, oh, boy. Uh, like, you know, paint a good picture. All right. Just like the lawn, I'm yeah. gonna pick you up. Uh, and here's 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 what I would say, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. Oh, Go ahead. Uh, a lot of people talking about the last dance and different ways and shapes yep. and forms, and yep. you know, Cora running around like with no contract. Yeah, no contract. The best thing 
for the Boston Red Sox is that this dude is basically doing his own version of the last dance. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, in my opinion, yeah, it is. It's his last year here. You know, it, the bottom line is, is that he's, he doesn't have a contract. You hear him, I heard him talking the other day in that first time, talking about where he's, you know, he's in a good place physically, mentally, how it warmed down. Then I heard something that, you know, you kind of hear from Frank Kona years ago, and he actually shortened it. He started talking about spending five years in one city. It almost sounded, you know, like five years and it's time to move on. You know, and, and it just, it all just adds up. I mean, I don't know, he doesn't have a contract. You know, whether that's the Red Sox not wanting it right now or waiting it out and maybe talking to him in the middle of the year or him just not, you know, wanting one and waiting it out. And then I think the last two or three years has taken its toll, kind of like going into spring training and trying to put this puzzle together. How can we compete? And then come to the deadlines and, and not really getting that reward or feel like you get the bodies to help you. I think it's kind of wearing on him. And yeah, and, 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 I was, be it. and I think it's good for us, people who cover the team, because, I, you know, Cora has a way of kind of, you know, being, he's very protective and he, you know, he kind of is cryptic sometimes with his message messages, especially at the trade deadline, a guy that has nothing to lose and is, uh, doesn't have a contract. I feel like you're going to get unfiltered Cora. Like you'll hear you, you'll, maybe we get to hear exactly, exactly how he feels about the situation, about ownership, about Breslow doing something or not doing something. Yeah. I would count on that though. Really? Yeah, because I still think he, I still think he's going to be who he is like to the end as far as the manager goes, right? He's going to protect players, he's going to protect an organization, he's going to you know, protect management, whatever it may be. So I I still think he's going to toe the line a little bit, but um I think you can read into some things. You know what I mean? Like just listening to him talk the other day, it, it sounded more and more like he's sort of coming to the end here in Boston, you know, and and maybe it changes, you know, maybe you know, they come to him with a, with an offer. Maybe maybe this year goes goes away where you know he kind of feels rejuvenated or excited about the direction. I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, I don't know if if Breslow and Theo Epstein kind of joining the organization kind of changes the mindset of where this thing might be headed in the next two or three years. Um, because I think he wants to win. I think he wants to play deep into October's. Lou, let's workshop this for a second. Let's say that even maybe during the year, it's not a Hey, we're firing you for bad performance, but we're mm. going to let you go. We're going to move on. How do the Red Sox, if Cora say does leave, even at the end of this year, you've got a young team. You've kind of sent the signals that, all right, we're not really spending money right now. How, how, how do you go to the manager spot if Cora does leave, considering it's a lot of young guys with a couple of veterans mixed in? Do you almost have to have like, that young manager come up and hope they all grow together, and if he stinks, you can always fire him and get a veteran. Like, if Cora isn't in the mix here as a part of this four-year build, let's say, then what what kind of manager do you then turn to? Well, I think the I think the days of, like, that hard-ass manager, I think they're over. Oh, no, sounds like the Patriots. Yeah, I, I do. I think they're over. You know what I mean? I think, like... You know, Buck Showalter, you know, in New York, and it's like, I don't I just don't know if they exist. They're, they're more of the Coras and, and, you know, David Rosses and Kevin Cashes and Councils and these young guys that have played that kind of walk into a locker room so or a clubhouse. So it's, um, I think you're kind of still in that same mold. The problem is, is like you're looking for people to kind of step up because right now he may be the face of your franchise. You know, he may be your best recruiting tool. 
you know, and and, and you want to have guys like Devers hopefully kind of become more personable and more and you know more in tune with the fan base and and other players like Casa stepping up and Bayo maybe finding those faces. But I think when you if you know if Core is not going to be here in the future. I think you're looking at similar guys that kind of come in here and relate and communicate with players. So we're talking to Lou Merloni. And Lou, um, the the rumor mill's been pretty strong lately. Yeah. Jared Duran being rumored to be traded. Uh, Kenley Jansen. Can you shed any light on that and or what you think they sh- the Red Sox should be doing? Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if they don't work something out, you know, um, maybe with both of those guys. I know, like, San Diego, this thing is not ending. I think there's still, like, talks and rumors and – um, you're hearing about all that they need an outfielder. I mean, they basically have one outfielder on their roster, and it's Fernando Tatis. And I know that they've been interested in Jaron Duran. Now, whether those talks have kind of continued, um, but I, I just I, the question is, what do you get back? You know, um, Kenley Jansen's the same thing. Like, both of these players, you go into a team like San Diego, they still feel like they have a chance to win. So it's not like you're going to get, you know, a, a, a front-line starting pitcher in a package from San Diego. They're trying to win. You know, so and same with Kenley Jansen. You're going to send him to a team that's trying to win deep in October. You're not going to get a starting pitcher back. So you include the others in the package. Do you have a third team involved to where, you know, San Diego tries to win, you hopefully try to win, and that third team is the one that gets the prospects. I mean, that's usually how things like that work. Of course, they could just deal these guys and take double-A, triple-A prospects and just finally kind of just let everybody know where we're at, <laughs> you know, because that's that's the thing. It's I, I kind of feel like I, I wake up every day hoping that Montgomery signs somewhere, that they make some trades, whether it's Jansen and Duran, and I finally have closure. And I can finally sit back and say, okay, this is it. This is who they're going to be this year. This is where they're headed. Because I still feel like Montgomery's sitting out there, and he can answer a lot of your problems. So it's like, hurry up and figure it out. But honestly, I, I do think that both those guys will be moved. Speaking of guys that could be moved, I, I just thought of this going back to Cora. The Red Sox once traded for a manager. Is there any way Alex Cora is so sought after that someone would want to potentially cut out a free agent process with him and maybe trade for the rights to Alex Cora? Well, he only has rights to the end of this year. Right. So, I mean, midseason? That's weird. You know what I mean? Like I, that's, Yeah. That's weird. I don't know. I don't know if that's been done. I know this manager's been traded, but usually it's kind of like an off-season type of thing. Like if you had two or three years left, and they both want to go different directions, and you got a manager under control for two or three years on a contract, whatever, even one more year of contract, you know, maybe you could see something like that. But during the year, I think that would be strange. It would be, and I I only roll it out there as a I put nothing past this organization, given the state that they're in for this particular year. Like, not spending. I could see Kenley Jansen being traded. Oh, yeah, that's a Lou. The the Kenley Jansen, oh, my my arm, my back. Oh, <laughs> like, is this one of the – you know the reference I'm making. Like, yeah. is that one of those with Kenley Jansen where it's like, oh, my, my bobo's flamed up a little bit. I go sit for two weeks until we can trade you. Well, I, I the, the problem with that is – that, you know, if I'm a team trading for him, I want to know if that's real. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, wait, does he really have general lat soreness? Like, is it is it okay? Like, hey, I want kind of want to see him throw. Can you at least let me know he's throwing a bullpen and he looks okay or send somebody down to see him throw, whatever it may be, like when the game starts. So um, I, I don't know if, if that's the case. That's something you might do right before the trade deadline when you really get something in the works and they say, we don't want this guy playing at all, you know, but – um, no, I think that's more of just an, an older guy. And I know a lot of people, they talk about 
you know, if, if they feel like they got to move him to, to sign a guy like Montgomery, which I don't even know if it's in play or not, you know, you could view it as a salary dump or you could view it as, you know, we've got a lot of options in our bullpen and, you know, he is getting older and I know he was throwing harder than he did last year, but a lot of other metrics, swing rate, chase rate, K rate, whiff rate, they all went down. It's one of the worst in his career. You know, batting average against slugging, a lot of numbers. So they could move this guy. I know how it'll be portrayed, but it really could be a baseball move. So you're gonna have to help. You're gonna have to help me land this question, Lou, because I just saw part of this quote, and I thought it was interesting. Um, it it was in reference to um, off season free agency in Major League Baseball, how they want to like kind of cap it and have like a signing period. So yeah. move so the teams, timeline up. Yeah, so teams are forced, right? So we're not having this situation with with Montgomery right now. Yeah. Teams are forced to negotiate. Scott Boris can't just manipulate the offseason like he always does and yep. control everything. I just Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I love it. And I don't know if, if guys like Boris will bitch about it because the longer we wait, the more we can make, although that may not be true with a couple of his arms right now. But, you know, and I've heard a lot of rumors say, like, you know, December 15th, you know, is is anything more than four-year contracts have to be done before December 14th, 15th. If you don't, you only get a three- or four-year deal type of thing. You know what I mean? So you try to get the big guys – you know, off the market by a certain date. And if you wait and it goes past that, we get to midnight on December 15th and, and you're looking for seven years at $200 million and you don't get it, you already know, based on this, you know, the rules, that you can only get a four-year deal. So it's up to you. What do you want to do? Because, you know, it's, it's boring. You know, it is. Like, there's other, there's other things going on. Like, all these teams, are, you know, storylines in their cities talking about their spring trainings. And, oh, yeah, by the way, did you hear that Montgomery and Snell signed? Who cares? It's too late. I would yeah. have been interested if it was December. I'm not really interested right now. Would that be a union thing? Would that yeah. have to be collectively bargained? Okay. All I right. think it'd be bargained because it wouldn't, you know, set up a deadline and and the agents will probably sit there and say, well, that gives all the leverage to the owners because the owners will sit there, you know, I want 7200 Well, listen, I'll give you 7150 And if you wait another 30 yeah. minutes, then it's only going to be 4 and 80 So that's up to you. You know what I mean? So it does create a ton of leverage. For ownership, I think it just the one way I looked at it. Yeah, I was gonna say I think analyst Lou just gave the answer. Yeah, but I would think player <laughs> Lou would be like, yeah, tell the tell the owners to go screw. Yeah, because that's exactly what they would do. You know, if you don't sign this by now, that eight year two hundred and twenty five million dollar deal we're offering you, you know, turns into four years buck twenty five. What do you want to do? Yeah, and, and I, it would be a standstill. I, look, I under, and and again, this is <laughs> so it's not a, a perfect it is situation. It. They got to talk it out, but something similar like that just to get it going. Well, and this is also years of Donald Fear just clubbing Major League Baseball's yeah. commissioner into having everything weighted towards the players. Where this feels like it's the and Lou, I, I I get the sense that from Rob Manfred, who by the way announced he's retiring in five years, we can chuckle at that. But it's the whole oh, we got to try to find a way to put the toothpaste back in the tube and you know it's almost like you, you're like hey wait a minute you guys didn't think of this when you were negotiating like 30 years ago with Don Fear mm-hmm. it's almost like you know now now they want to go backwards and not really give anything up but we just want to go backwards and you, I think you nailed it perfectly but let me ask you about Rob Manfred getting ready to walk away I know there are a lot of people who are like boy maybe Theo goes in that role yeah good lord it's a five-year announcement on a retirement. Who's this guy, Kareem? That, that's uh, why even why do you come out and announce five years? Uh, right. You know, that's like saying yeah, the, the five-year engagement. 
We'll get married. We'll set a date five <laughs> years from now. Like, does that sound like yeah, promising right. to you? Not at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why you would come up with something like that. It's not surprising, but um, just because he's a little bit off the wall sometimes. But um, I don't know. That's just so strange to me. A lot can change in five years. How's you know he makes it five years or right. five years? What? Why five years? I don't know. Uh, uh, the owners love him, and listen, he's made yeah. him a ton of money, and rightfully so. So I, I kind of get that part of it. Uh, so uh, what, uh, what's uh, Waldo up to this weekend? Well, last weekend, you know, before I go back to work, my four and a half month vacation is officially kind of over on mm-hmm. Monday. Okay, um, it's been a nice time; it really has. But I'm looking forward to actually getting down there. Um, I know, uh, you know, the expectations of the team. They are what they are, but I, I honestly, I, I just can't wait to get down there. It's like my happy place. I love it. I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully they can sign some guys and, and be a you know, quality team or at least a good team and win more than half their games. We'll at see. least a good team. So when are you officially going to change your little X uh, avatar from a question mark to an actual picture of something? It's been a question mark for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that, you know, no one's coming to save you, Lou. I no. use the, the line from the Patriots. We all no. know how that went, right? No one's coming to save you anymore. No. I know. We'll see. Hopefully, I can get a picture up there in the next couple of days. But hopefully, we we'll see what happens. But I know it's been it's been a while. It started off with Yamamoto, got rid of him. Montgomery got rid of him. Went up to Jolito, hit that one, and it's been question mark ever since. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, I will say that I I think the uh, Fort Myers uh, travel board might be ready to hire you because I think you might be among the very few people on earth who said that Fort Myers, Florida, is your happy place. Yeah, it is. Always has been. Spring training. You kidding me? I can just sit in a bench and. Watch, you know, Christian, I go through it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, the freshly cut grass. Oh, yeah. The baseball. Yeah. The, give the me ball my... hitting the leather and the infield uh, ground balls. I me, mean, it's just. Give me my coffee, my paper, and a bench, yeah. and I'm good. Oh, <laughs> I just, I find myself, sometimes practice is over at one thirty, and I find myself just sitting out there for like an extra hour. I do think. Me I and Rochi. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh it is, it is funny, now though. That's do you a re- conversation. Do you remember when Adidas came out with a cologne that was supposed to be. Like uh, the smell of gra- fresh cut grass. Do I remember? I bought a case. <laughs> you did, didn't you? <laughs> Do you still oh, have some? Oh my god! No, no, no. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so now, but now we know what Lou gave for Christmas yeah. gifts one year. <laughs> everybody, wow, jeez, everybody in the building got Mama, a cologne of Adidas. Yeah, Mama didn't like it. Didn't appreciate it. Wow, this smells like, this like smell. uh, Bermuda. You know, uh, no <laughs> southern version. <laughs> that only smells like money. Oh, uh, hey, Lou, thanks, buddy. We appreciate it, and uh, we will catch you next week from the fort. Right? That's right. Right before the northeastern game. Games oh, will be starting Friday. There we go, Lou. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Thank Travel you. safe. All right. Hope they win. Thanks, buddy. Bye, guys. There it is. Our, uh, the great Lou Maloney, the voice of baseball here in Boston. And he is with us each and every Friday here on Gresham Fourier. Uh, the Dynasty is out. At least two episodes. We are not going to ruin anything for you, but there is one quote that Fourier wants to visit before we get to which Patriots could be dead men walking. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Remember, you can listen to WEEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEEI. Now, more of Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. 1226 Gresh and Fourier here with you on a Friday. Oh, do we still have a lot to do? And what a busy day. You've heard conversations with Boston College head coach Bill O'Brien. And he did sort of uh, open the door a little bit about last year, some of the struggles, what he learned, all that. You can find that at uh, WEI.com, the Odyssey app, or on the Gresh and Fourier page on the YouTube channel. You can type in WEI, live stream will pop right up. You can also select that and uh, find all of the interviews. So we talked to Andrew Raycroft today. We just got done with Lou, and we had a uh, conversation with Bill O'Brien. You can find that all online via podcast. Set yourself up to download the Gresh and Fourier podcast today. Now, <clears throat> unlike others, and I'm not judging, Christian, because that's not me. <laughs> no. Um, I think we need to be responsible in talking about the first two episodes of The Dynasty. Now, this thing dropped at midnight on Apple TV. And um, I, I think we need to be sensitive enough to give people time to consume it. Before we kind of talk about it in long form, right? Yeah. However, there was a quote in there that you wanted to get to from Bill Belichick relative to winning. And that doesn't really stooge anything off or kind of ruin anything for anybody. Um, But it is interesting that considering these first two episodes are the era in which you played in New England, that this stood out to you. Yes, and uh, so here's the quote, right? Um, And it's from Bill. It's from episode one of the Dynasty. And, you know, a lot of people are are taking some quotes from the episodes that were released. And they're just, you know, releasing them. We're quoting them. Right. Here's the one that stood out to me that I thought was relevant. And I think it kind of paints the picture really in, in, in the simplest way for me how psychotic Bill was. Like what really mattered. Like this is, you know. George S. Patton type stuff. Like This is a guy that's just obsessed with winning at all costs. Here it is. Quote, how do you make history? You win. Not twice. You win again and again. Everything you do every day is about winning. Now, if you just use that as your title mm-hmm. and, and then you allow yourself to kind of branch off to what that really means and there'll probably be 10 branches off that quote, and, uh, you know, being prepared, being disciplined, and you would get a bunch of different examples and mm-hmm. do your job. 
that's why he is the way he is. That's why he said during this document docu-series that you win your position every day. You have to earn it every day. You can't just decide to show up one day and not show up the next. You have to earn it, not not only every day, but every week after every game. And it kind of paints a picture. It almost like excuses. It's almost like he has a disease, like winning. Like he's obsessed with it. Yeah. And he's re- and he's relentless in his approach. So good guys, hardworking guys that just need a mental break from the monotony that is you, he refuses to give it. He refuses to give it because he will not allow himself to deviate from the only thing that he knows, which is winning. And what goes into winning, which is a military background. It's that's it's 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 bedded in that. Mm-hmm. His dad was a coach at Navy. He's got a book in the library. Like everything about that is just just embedded in him. So I don't know. Like there's more to it than that, obviously. But that was the one quote that I said, listen, if we're gonna dive into anything, if you're gonna lay him down on the couch and some psychologist is gonna try and figure out what makes him tick, they're gonna bring this up. It's like, why are you so obsessed? Who do you think is addicted to winning more, Bill or Tom? Because it feels like it is a dead heat, which, again, as you and I have talked about, you know, these dynasties normally go eh, about a decade and then they fizzle out in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but this one lasted two. And that, to me, is the secret sauce is that Brady and Belichick, in their own way, are both respectfully said football nut jobs. Now, the way they may go about their business is similar yet different, and that's where the personality comes into play. But I think they're – like, I go back to that whole Belichick documentary in 09 and Tom trying to do the, yeah, but – and Bill was just like, no, you're wrong, here's why. It was another – but that sort of showed that relationship of the – Brady had the same context of the winning, tried to put a positive spin on it, Bill shut it down, and Tom didn't exactly run from it. And by the way, at the end of the year, they got beat, what, 28-3 in the wild card round at home. So who's more obsessed? And I like that question because after watching all of them, the thing that I took away from it was that I can't believe it lasted so long. Right. And the guy who allowed it to last so long in a, is Brady. He could have changed his contract. He could have held his breath. He could have forced his way out of town, Mm -hmm. but he was just as addicted as Bill. And I would say more so because he chose to stay. He could have left, but it was almost like a, I don't know, like this weird, like, you know, you know, he just keeps coming back and keeps coming back until 20 years later. It took 20 years for him to be sick of it. It took 20 years for Brady to finally break. Yeah. And that's why I think he's probably more obsessed than Bill. Interesting. I mean, I think you can make that case based on he could have left. It's a bad marriage. You know what? We always yell, you chose to stay. Why? Why'd you stay? Well, you know why? It's funny that you It's funny you say that because uh, there have been people who have been married for 20 years and they know in year 20 it's going to end because they stayed together for the kids. In this instance, the kids was the winning because at the end of the day, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are both addicted to it. One is a little more dictatorship-ish, and the other one is more of the, 
yeah, I'm going to push you, but I'm also your quarterback and your buddy. So Brady maybe had the way to kind of cushion the blow, but let's not act like there weren't times in you, you know, you not so much because it was the young years of Brady where Brady would get in the rear end of somebody on the team. You know what I mean? That's also kind of being dinkish when you need to be. Whereas with Bill, it was maybe a little more constant. With Brady, it was, I'll pull out that card when I need it. But it was both rooted in the same goal at the end of the day, which was winning. And to me, it's like that couple who, well, we were married for 20 years until the kids got out of high school, and then we knew we had to go our separate ways, but the winning was the kids. Yeah, and I do think there's a weird sickness that that is uh, related to Brady choosing to stay. Almost, he's so loyal, and he was so conditioned to be loyal um, that I think that clouded like what was best for him. A younger player coming up this. Uh, uh, you know, in a similar way with success, would not put up with this, would not do it. We hear about it. That's all we hear nowadays. We all, we talk to coaches. Like, they all admit, the coaches in the NFL all admit that they have to be different with their approach. Oh, we have to hold everyone's they hand. They have to hold their hand. They need to ask, is this okay? I'm, I'm going to hit, shoot, can we go out early to hit the sled? Is it okay with you? I would even say this, the other aspect of it, which I always thought was interesting, is with all the injuries and uh, circumstances and, you know, challenges that Brady had physically, the whole, like, cutting his hand. I think that would have been the last straw for me. He cuts his hand. He, we find out that he has all these stitches. He ends up going out and playing an unbelievable game, wins the Super Bowl, We and then Bill's like, it's not like it's a brain surgery or whatever it is that he just completely downplaying it. Not I think giving he went open him hard or something Open like hard, that. but yeah. one of those really tough surgeries that doctors do. Yeah. To me, that would have been about open heart surgery here. Oh, there you that go. That would have been the and I know I, in a way I know why Bill was doing it. You know, you don't want the other team to know, but he never really said, "Wow, what he accomplished was one of the craziest, bravest, toughest, challenging things I've ever seen anybody do in my life." And he did it, and he didn't complain once. Well, I know I'm going back to the whole like uh, divorce sort of analogy that I drew, but in reality, there is kind of that. Brady wanted Belichick to change his ways as they went along for him. And like, if you go to a marriage, it's like, well, you can't change a person, right? You know who you marry in theory, or you should. And then there is that, well, I can't change them, but can I manage them? And it felt like as this went on, Tom Brady wanted Bill to change who he was from him. And yet you look at, you You sort of mentioned that example of the open heart surgery deal. You can go all the way back to guys getting their nose out of joint like Corey Dillon, right? Oh, I'm hurt, but the coach isn't saying anything, so people think I'm pussing out. And then he would go out and say something. As you go along in the relationship, you sort of know that, all right, people aren't going to change. Do I want to live with this or not? Hence the, at year 19, it was the, okay, Kids are off to get to yeah, college. Always, Here we go. Yeah, I always thought, like, uh, God rest his soul, Steve McNair could never play for Bill. Why was it when, while he was playing, former MVP of the league, shared it with Peyton Manning, still the MVP, everyone always knew what was going on with him and what he was overcoming. Everybody always knew what his injuries were. It's almost like somebody planted it to almost give him an out 
if he didn't play as well. And I re- specifically remember Peyton Manning bitching about this. Mm-hmm. Like, why does everybody know he, how he's always hurt? And it's like, but nobody, he, de- everybody's dealing with something. Yet, yet Steve McNair, God rest his soul, is the toughest guy in on in cleats. Uh, Roethlisberger was that two point you, you, you knew by Friday how hard it was for Ben to yeah. get out there oh, and play so that Oh, he's so tough. Week. Yeah. Uh, you know, tougher than anybody else that's on the field. Yet, Brady, you never knew. If you had an idea, what like, really what those guys, because that's the other thing that this docuseries goes over, all the injuries, the crazy, life-threatening injuries that some of these guys were dealing with. And they just, and nobody had a clue. Ah, it's remarkable. So, Winning, he's nuts about it. Well, and that's really, you know, you're told as an athlete that's that's the end game. It doesn't matter how you get there, just win at the end of the day. And that's not the modern athlete anymore. I hate to say that if I were running a team, boy, I'd try to dig in hard mentally to see if guys are really about winning or do you just want to be about you and win in the process. And that's two very different mindsets, in my opinion. And it feels like with more of the moderns, it is, well, if we win the game, that's nice. However, I got to get mine, whether it's catches or touches or whatever. There is much more selfishness in team sports. And I don't know as a coach or a personnel evaluator how you kind of get to the core of who someone really is. Well, I tell you what, it's funny, Bill O'Brien – when we had him on earlier, a new head coach of the Boston uh, College Eagles, he says, well, you know, if we recruit a guy and then the first thing he asks us is, uh, you know, how much money are you going to throw my way through NIL? Mm-hmm. Probably not the guy they're looking for. If it's really, that's the, you know, what makes them tick. You're probably going to want to focus in on somebody else, which is hard because anyone who's that bold to ask that is probably getting that from a bunch of other teams. There's no question. And now, unfortunately... You know, whether it's uh, whether it's someone going into the pros that's whispering in their ear, because that's the other thing now is that you have kids coming into the NFL who have existing relationships with agents that may or may not be dirty because of NIL. We'll never know. However, there are more people that are less qualified to be giving advice to professional athletes and college athletes out there than ever before. And that's how you get the whole big head syndrome. Oh, hey, I don't care that I'm the 111th wide receiver ranked by whatever in high school. By God, if I'm going to a power five school, I should get a check. And it's like, eh, you know what? For the special ones, yeah, like Marvin Harrison can dictate money. If you're the 10th guy on the wide receiver depth chart, you can always go somewhere else. But I feel like nowadays it's like, well, if you said that as a coach, you know, mom's going to call because you dare suggested that little Johnny wasn't good enough to rise the depth chart. Yeah, mom, he's listed 10th. Well, that's your fault. And you used to get all these people uppity. And yeah, it, 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 unfortunately, it's kind of like that agent business. I do believe there are as many certified agents as there are players in the NFL. How many of those guys (laughs) are like working for a ham sandwich just to be able to get a seventh round pick? Hoping somebody's, uh, someone's relative is really good. Like seriously, there is a lot of that Um, coming up and uh, so much for the Patriots dead men walking. Oh, we got time for that. We do eventually, but 
What if I told you the most exciting and recognizable college basketball player in the country is a woman? Would you believe me? Or Christian? Big deal, no big deal is next. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. You got anything to say for yourselves? We didn't think it was that big a deal. No big deal. It's a big deal. Big deal. Nothing's a big deal. It's no big deal. No big deal. I don't know how to put this, but kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal in New England right now. No big deal. You know what? Actually, I feel like this is no big deal. Not a big deal. Is that how everyone feels? Not a big deal, huh? Big deal. Who cares? Can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. This is a huge deal. Big deal, no big deal. So last night, Gresh, Thursday, um, Iowa uh, women's basketball played Michigan, and Caitlin Clark became the all-time leading scorer in NCAA, uh, NC Division One history uh, when she hit a total of 3,569 points. Here's how it sounded last night. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? In women's college basketball. She ended the game with 49 points, which was a career high, which is amazing to think that she got that many points on, on that uh, in this game. Five rebounds, 13 assists. She was pretty damn good. But, Gresh, here's the question. Yeah. Off of that, uh, like we said in the, in the tease, um, with that record being made by her, in my opinion, she becomes the most exciting and recognizable college basketball player in the country and she's a woman. Big deal or no big deal? Uh, big deal. And you're right. And there are a lot of great men's players out there and people that will be salivating over come the NBA draft in June. But Caitlin Clark has forced uh, Fox to cover her games and put them on national television. Uh, and listen, UConn has had an unbelievable program around here. And there have been times where... And normally you would see them more on national television come the NCAA tournament or the Final Four or something like that. You can find them on SNY and other places. But no, I think it's a big deal because, like, even my wife, who, like, you know, she's like, hey, good for women's sports, but doesn't follow it at all. She even said to me last night, she's like, where this Caitlin Clark character come from? And I'm like, oh, it's been around for a while. And I kind of explained it all. And she was like, holy crap. Um, because a lot of people, I'm sure, like we even had some people in the Twitch chat who are trying to just downplay Big Stick Steve's like, oh, this is no big deal. Oh, who had the record before that? Well, it's Kelsey Plum. And how do we learn about Kelsey Plum? Because the WN, she's not a two-time defending WNBA champions. Mary to Darren Waller also helps as well in terms of some outside notoriety. But no, I think it's a big deal because I bet you there are people, average people right now, who have you said... Who is the best player on the University of Iowa women's basketball team? They'd be able to say Caitlin Clark. But if you ask some average folks, who is the best men's player on the Kansas team? They might not know. Yeah, and that's why I think it's a big deal because uh, it didn't happen overnight. No, not um, she's, at all. I mean, and she hit that shot to break the record. Um, it was basically, like a Steph Curry shot. Yeah, basically from the logo at the middle of the court. That's like 40 feet away and, and, or and, something. And, and, and here's the thing. That wasn't some luck. She does that routinely. If yeah. you watch any of the women's basketball NCAA tournament last year, she was doing that over and over and over. There isn't a, there isn't a spot on the court that she can't hit. 
But I ask you this, uh, I feel like it's a big deal because it's amazing how popular women's sports are becoming, especially basketball. But quick pop quiz for my guy, Gresh. Oh, boy. So right now. Is there a pizza on So this? right now, no, uh, no I know oh. I've learned better. So right now, um, Caitlin Clark has 3,569 uh, points. That is the all-time D1 record for scoring in women's basketball. Here's the question. Do you know who holds the record for men's basketball in Division One basketball? Huh. So it would have been somebody who would have been around for four years. So you got to start there. So it would have been somebody who played a long time. I thought it was Pete Maravich. I'm still going to go with Pete Maravich. Oh, ding, ding, ding. You win. Well, you I was, go. you know what road I was That's going? pretty good. You know what road I was going down, believe it or not? Huh? Was somebody like, um, like one of the first names I thought of for some weird reason was Khalid El Amin from UConn only because he played a ton of games, right? Because you got to stay healthy mm-hmm. and you got to, you got to play every night. And you might have some NCAA tournament in there as well. So, yeah, I'm glad I didn't overthink it. No, no. And she is 98 uh, points away from actually tying his record. Oh, and then, of course, she will be the all-time. She'll blow by that. I mean, she still have, uh, you know, games left this year, conference uh, yeah. playoffs, and obviously the tournament. Uh, we mentioned this with Lou, talked about it a little bit. I thought it was interesting because uh, uh, Rob Ranford uh, had a press conference uh, yesterday and uh, announced his retirement. The only thing is that uh, he announced it that he was going to retire in 2029. Here he is. Look, I'm 65, okay? I just started a five-year term. That Do that math, right? That makes me 70 years old. You can only have so much fun um, in one lifetime. Um, I have been open with them uh, uh, about the fact that this is going to be my last term. Um, you know, I said it before to them before the election in July, and I'm absolutely committed to that. Um, I, I'm sure the selection process is going to look like it looked the last time. There'll be a committee of owners um, that'll be put together, um, and you know they'll identify candidates via you know interview process, and ultimately someone or a slate of people will be put forward. Uh, big deal, no big deal. Rob Manford announcing his retirement five years before it happens. Well, you know, I i mean, my God. A little, a yeah. little premature. Yeah. Can you not wait maybe three years before, two years before? Yeah, I would uh, I would say it's no big deal right now because um, there is so much that can happen in the next five years. It's funny, I was trying to look and see what age old Uncle Bud walked away from uh, running big league baseball, and I, I can't seem to find it. I keep finding that Rob Manfred is 65 or whatever, but yeah, I mean fine. It is, but it led the Dodgers to the World Series. Here's the question I would ask off that. It's not a leverage play in any sort of no. hey, we're going to get a team here. We want to get a team there, right? There's not, There's nothing that he could benefit from or the league could benefit from by him announcing this early. Or how many people are going to start kissing his ass hoping that they're the successor? Oh, no. It's more of the, um, like, say, the Theo Epsteins or the others who work in organizations that have to start with kissing their owner's ass first because the owners vote on it. So that's a thing. Manfred, he might have suggestions, but what you really want to do is be having dinner, driving them to work, all that kind of stuff for these owners. Okay, last one. Personal question for the group because it's technically, I guess, my anniversary today. I think it is. 
Technically? What? Well, hear me out. Technically, right? Because uh, we got married in a, in a courthouse, right? Like uh, today, they eight spend- years ago. Oh, well, happy okay. anniversary. But then, but then we had like our wedding wedding in Aruba, March 4th. Hold on. You went and officially Today's did your anniversary. It. You Hold went on. to Aruba for photos. Hold on. It was no. eight eight years ago today is when you got married. Okay. I'm just doing math yeah. in my head on certain things that I didn't realize that I didn't add up. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry about it. The, the question. Well, my mom once told me that, too. Don't do the math. Yeah, don't do the math. Yeah. I've done the math for you. Yeah, yeah. But so technically, so should I be celebrating the actual date? Yeah. Of our marriage, or when we actually had like a minister marry us. What's the date on the certificate? Well, it's, well, uh, it's well, today. technically, it would be today. Okay, happy anniversary. See, no, anniversary. see, I say no. I say no. Why? Because then this is going to come around. When did you go to Aruba? March fourth. That's right. when we. That's when we have pictures of her in a so wedding on, dress or me in a suit. Big deal. Oh. No big deal. On March fourth, you're going to ask the same question. I will not. He'll forget. No, no, I Good know. <laughs> I listen for the record. I found this out today, just so we know. So that's you kind of a big deal. Okay, so I really, found out today. Hold on, so, I didn't know. So I, I did not know. It. No, no. So and I didn't really, mention that part. So really, it doesn't matter what you think, as The Rock would say. I'm when just telling wife, you. When does your wife think the anniversary? Did, did she text you? Did this? she bring it up? No, nobody brought it up because this is why I'm, I'm asking this because I feel like it's some sort of trap waiting Hold for on. me when no, I get no, home. No, 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 because no, no. There's I, definitely a trap. Right? Uh, but, but I should probably say something who alerted, regardless. So she did no, not I have this. You. I have this thing. Uh, it's called a calendar. Time hop. No, that's my new calendar. Oh, so time hop. A, a that's picture good. you take today will show up and it, and it just keeps going as long as you keep it. That so would be reliable. Sure enough, I checked it. I was like, I was like, holy crap. Is it my anniversary today? And she didn't say a word. She didn't say anything. Because I know our real anniversary would be March 4th. But I feel like this came up, and it probably came up for her because she has the same app. So I should probably do something, correct? This is Christmas 2.0. Dude, you're... Right? You're, you're screwed. <laughs> she 100% knows the dates. Yeah. Both of them. Okay. And waiting for you to see I if am not yeah. either I, of them. I have not, I, this is Christmas all over again. And I'm not stopping at Shaw's on your way home to get Can flowers. Can we stop at, like, no. uh, I don't it's know. Like, thank God you're going home with Gresh today. Do you yeah. go under any bridges with the guys selling flowers, the $10 bundles? Like, for, like on Mother's Day? There Easter, you go. Easter, Mother's Day. You always got the guy selling flowers. You got, you got some big daddies left over from yesterday to bring home for a nice dinner. I don't know dinner. what I can do. I should probably make a card, right? Right where I'm right, right now don't make on my card. notepad. No. Red hand turkey. <laughs> Maybe some hearts. She's not listening right now, right? There's no way. Oh, she's listening. No, no, no. no. There's no Somebody way. Somebody she knows is listening. That's it. No, no, no. That's it. She's working, so she does not listen. Christian, save your ass right now by texting her literally as we go to break. Okay. It will save you. All right, let's get to it right now. That's big deal. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, so there's a documentary. <laughs> Could there be a feature film in the works on the Patriots? I don't know. Let's have some fun. Final hour, Gresham Fourier next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts Baseball is back and so is MLB.tv Watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere, anytime, all season long Follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.